And now it's time for our special Zoom In segment. Uh, let's turn our attention to the film sector, arguably one of the hardest hit industries during the heat of the pandemic. Uh, latest reports seem to carefully suggest that the South Korean box office is bouncing back from the worst of the pandemic. With major homegrown blockbusters who face off this summer at the local box office, there's certainly more hope in the air, dare I say. Let's examine the status of the silver screens. Uh, for a conversation, we're joined by film critic Pierce Conran. Uh, good morning, Pierce. Good morning, Lena. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. How have you been? I've been, I've been okay, all things considered. It's good to see you again. That's a really good point, all things considered. I'm sure for uh, film lovers, it was difficult to watch kind of virtually just dead silence from the film sector. I mean, a, a lot of productions were halted and movies were being released later than scheduled. Theaters were empty, no popcorns. I mean, those are dark, dark days. And then it seems like we're slowly trying to make a comeback, the local box office that is. According to a new report from the Korea Film Council, South Korea's total box office receipts in the first half of the year were tallied at nearly... 50% of the pre-pandemic levels. Pierce, do you take this as a clear sign of recovery for Korea Silver Screens? Oh, well, certainly it is a recovery. I mean, looking at where the numbers were um, at the beginning of the year, last year, the year before that, um, it has been a pretty um, a significant improvement. Um, so, you know, we can say that we are on the road to recovery. The question is, uh, you know, how far have we come along that road? And is does the road end at where we were before the pandemic started, can we go beyond where we were where we were before the pandemic started? And that still remains to be seen because we're looking at um, you know following the box office around the world. If we look at America, for example, uh, the box office there is still not hundred percent either, but it's it's certainly more than fifty percent that we're seeing here. Mm. Um, so you know, can we is our do we need to catch up with um, America? Do we need to catch up with Europe countries where? Maybe people are a little, uh, dare I say, a little bit less concerned with COVID, um, mm. and uh, and are are, are probably um, uh, not so reticent about going to the cinema. So how's that? Is um, and is the case of um, the numbers being at fifty percent? Um, does that mean? Does that reflect that fifty percent of people are willing to go back to the cinema? Mm. Is that is, is the COVID reticence still there, mm. or um, is has the model just changed? You oh. know, are, do we have to do we have to anticipate that the um, audience might not return to that full level, and that because of the gains in in streaming and 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 still cable drama being so successful and people just so you know happy to to watch content at home where they have you know very nice uh, 4k samsung and lg tvs that are getting bigger every year um do 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 they do they feel that they have their setup at home and mm. you know uh you mentioned earlier in the show there the, the you know the rising cost of living the, the cost of certain things the cinema is is one of those things as well and um, in the last in the last year and a half there have been about three price increases at the cinema mm. so you know the 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 ticket price for a um, um, uh, uh, a standard cinema ticket price was used to be eleven thousand one. It went up to twelve, went up to thirteen, and now it's fourteen thousand. That's a lot of money. And if you're if you're bringing a family to the cinema and you want to get your 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 popcorn and drinks for everyone and parking and all the rest of it, um, it's 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 a lot of money. So uh, it's it's obviously cheaper to just uh, keep everything at home. So uh, you know, it's, uh, things 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 are recovering, and I'm I'm curious to see myself, you know. Um, how much further things will recover still. Because pre-pandemic, I remember just 
can, namely being so snooty about not allowing these uh, streaming giants to screen, uh, mind you, even compete at the film festival. Uh, I, I, maybe we'll have time to get to that point as well. I mean, is this an existential, existential crisis for the theater experience at whole. But before we get there, I do want to ask you, Pierce, would you say the lifting of Korea's social distancing restrictions in late April are mostly to thank for the rebound that we're seeing recently? Or were there other factors in play as well for at least kind of a bounce back from the worst of the pandemic? Um, I think it's certainly true to say that the lifting of the social distancing restrictions was hugely beneficial for the industry. I mean, um, there was... uh, uh, there were several restrictions that were kind of uh, that were lifted in sort of waves. I think one of the most significant ones for cinemas was being allowed to have food again mm-hmm. in the cinema. I mean, you know, drinks were allowed, but uh, it was it was still kind of a little bit vague. You know, you can have a drink, but you still have to wear your mask, and it's a little it's kind of <laughs> conflicting messaging. Um, but once food was allowed, and once the um, the, the cap on having, you know, fifty percent full theaters was lifted as well. Then the, 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 the that kind of sense of danger of the cinema, where like suddenly there are no restrictions, it's like we're allowed to sit beside each other and we can eat and drink again. So it's, um, I think that was hugely beneficial, and I think it just happened as well where this happened in spring and people were very very tired of all these restrictions for 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 years at this point, and there hadn't been really, and you know an event film, certainly not a local event film for a very, very long time. And so, um, you know, everything kind of converged where the restrictions were were, were, were lifted for the cinemas and and, and people were, were feeling, you know, uh, better about COVID for, for a little while after we'd had that massive surge and things were were on the downtrend. And, um, and, and people wanted to kind of, you know, crowd around um, an excuse to go back to the cinema. And that was provided, of course, with the film the roundup, the sequel to the film, The Outlaws from 2017, mm-hmm. which was just enormously successful and um, beyond anyone's expectations. You know, mm-hmm. it came close to 13 million admissions. That puts it in the top 10 films of all time. So mm-hmm. it's by far the best performing film during the pandemic. And, you know, and that comes down to the quality of the film itself. It's a very fun um, uh, popcorn film. Uh, <laughs> And it's, you know, it's built around just a lovable star, Madong Sok, also known as Don Lee in English. Mm-hmm. And um, so it kind of came at the perfect time and uh, it really benefited from that. And so, yes, the social distancing restrictions being lifted um, were crucial for, the, for that film's success. Of course, it wouldn't have been uh, mm-hmm. released at that time had that not happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it all, it, all, it all kind of came together at that moment. So for, 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 that, for that moment, that film was very successful and... Um, it was uh, people were happy to be back in the cinema again. It's so funny because you label the Pomchidoshi sequel, The Roundup, as something that's easily approachable and likable. And it's about this fierce detective, you know, going after uh, some of the, the cruelest criminals. But that you're right, sure there enough. is kind of a Don Lee <laughs> spin on it, which makes somehow that character so lovable. You're right. It's ironic to describe it this way. But that brings me to my next question, Pierce, because uh, there were a lot of Hollywood uh, counterparts to local uh, films, of course. I mean, Top Gun, of course, that was... I mean, it comes with such a big attached fan base. I mean, the buzz around that was massive. Uh, I think Tom Cruise is perhaps even more celebrated in Korea than than in in Hollywood. And then there was Spider-Man, if I remember, the Doctor Strange sequel, Jurassic World. How did Korean movies fare compared to some of these big Hollywood blockbusters? I mean, you know, for, for most of the year, it was just, it was a struggle for on both sides of it, of course, before those social distancing restrictions were lifted. You mentioned the Spider-Man film, No Way Home. 
that had been released back in December and that, you know, that, that bled over into, into January. So yes, so was this year that did very well. But aside from that, it was, um, it was, it was, you know, it was slim pickings for everyone until the roundup came along after the social distancing restrictions were lifted. Um, and, you know, after that, uh, there have been a number of big films you've mentioned. Um, yeah, the Doctor Strange film and, uh, 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 there's Jurassic Park and, and now there's Thor as well. But yeah, specifically Top Gun was just a huge word of mouth hit doing extremely well and created the way to extremely well around the world. I've seen it a few times myself. I count myself as a fan as well. Um, but for the Korean films beyond the roundup, it's been, it's been pretty mixed. I mean, you had, um, uh, uh, the sequel to the witch, the witch to the other one, um, had pretty solid numbers, um, in June, that was about 2.8 billion admissions, which wasn't very far from the original, which I think was just over three. So that, that can be considered absolutely a success. Mm. Um, and uh, beyond that, it was, it's was it been it's been very challenging still. You had, um, there were another two films in June that were expected to do quite well following their, their, their strongly received uh, bows at the Cannes Film Festival. And those were Broker, the Koreeda Hirokazu film, which was uh, has a huge Korean cast, including Song Kang-ho and, and uh, IU or Lee Ji-yoon and uh, Kang Dong-wan and lots of other people. And then Park Chan-wook's new film, Decision to Leave. Both of those came in with, you know, very strong reviews and these, you know, big casts and big name directors and, um, and a, a big distributor in CJ Entertainment. But they both were, were, you know, fairly disappointing. They didn't open to huge numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Decision to Leave has kind of fared a little better. It's been it's been so well received that it opened very very small, but it kind of stuck around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's um it's it's had some kind of decent numbers, but still kind of well below what would have been expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you know, um, Alienoid, of course, the the, the Chedongun blockbuster has been a surprising disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and now currently we had last week uh, Hansan, Emergence of Dragon, the the the, the prequel to Roaring Currents. Mm-hmm. That's done. That's been doing very well. Um, and so it, it's it's quite interesting now because we have the top three Korean films of the year are actually sequels. Um, the the Roundup after the Outlaws, The Witch Two, and the Roaring Currents prequel um, mm-hmm. Hansan. And so in Hollywood, you know, having prequels and reboots and all that dominate the, the charts is very very normal. But um, for Korea, I don't think that's ever happened before, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of an interesting sign. But um, I would say it's potentially a troubling one because um, you know we. we People who love Korean films, um, we 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 adore um, you know Korea's original films and the reliance on original unexpected movies to power the box office. Right, and right. so when we start shifting to to kind of you know IP and, and sequels, um, it's uh, it could be the sign of sort of a um, you know and maybe this pandemic and everything has it's kind of accelerating Korea's film industry's move into kind of being more like the Hollywood model, which I'm not sure is a good thing, but we'll see. Because <laughs> I, I know legions of fans from outside of Korea who like Korean movies for for the very reason that it differs a great deal from Hollywood creations. I think exactly. what is inherently Korean is now being celebrated. I mean, perhaps streaming was once a film's enemy, but I mean, it does give more soft power to South Korea. And if you think about the nature of Squid Game, yes, people say it's universal, but there are themes in there that I think are very, very specific to Korea. Um, you, you talked about Broker. You talked about, I mean, some of these movies have, I think, inherently Korean characteristics that differentiated from, 
I don't know, the million dollar blockbuster from Hollywood, uh, which brings me to my next point, because a lot of these summer blockbusters we're expecting, highly anticipating this summer, is it comes with a massive budget. And that looks starts to look more and uh, like Hollywood overlaps with Hollywood a great deal. But uh, do you think some of these anticipated Korean films will do well? Um, so currently, uh, Hansan it does seem yeah. to be doing quite well. Um, it's over. It's over the three million admissions mark, which is you know, which is which is good. Uh, the original, of course, is the most successful Korean film of all time, seventeen million admissions. I don't expect Hansan will come close to that, <laughs> but um, but all the same, it will continue to to do well for the next few weeks. We'll mm-hmm. see to what to what level. It's certainly been critically well-received, and audiences seem to like it as well. Mm. Um, uh, today, we have the release of Emergency Declaration. This mm. is another big uh, star-driven uh, disaster film. It's with uh, Song Kang-ho and Lee Byung-hun and Chun Do-yeon and Im Chi-won and lots of other people. Mm. Um, and uh, this is an aviation disaster film. It initially screened at the Cannes Film Festival uh, last year, uh, and, uh, and so now it's out in theaters here. It's a slightly different cut. It's a shorter cut here. Um, but uh, it has that has massive pre-sales numbers, so it looks like it's going to open very well. And um, whether it um, becomes a box office set, we'll we'll you know we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. And then next week we have, of course, Hunt, which is the uh, debut of uh, of a Squid Game star uh, Lee Jung Jae. The debut as a director, um, and uh, him starring with his you know his his real life best friend Jong Song, <laughs> you know, and uh, so they, they they you know this is a, an, an 80s set. Um, espionage thriller, mm. and that also that debuted at Cannes this year uh, mm. in an out of competition slot, and that seems to be getting a, just a huge amount of buzz. Um, I think people are, you know, there's uh, Lee Jung Jae's kind of you know uh, lifted uh, lifted persona over the last year is certainly um, going to benefit the film, mm. and the reviews uh, locally are, are are coming out quite strong. Mm. The, the reviews out of Cannes were were a bit softer, but I believe again there's there's a new cut that's uh, that's here, so. Perhaps been tightened up somewhat, um, so I expect both of those to to open very well, and whether they continue to do well will will depend on the audience reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if anything, they look to be that they will do better than Alienoid, which was again really a, a massive a surprise because mm-hmm. that disappointed in a big way, and that's a bit of a. Um, it's it's a little ominous because that is a, a two part blockbuster. They are they've already filmed the sequel, so um, you know it's a big question mark what will happen to that sequel, which is supposed to come out next year. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, we don't really know too much um, what films are coming out. We know that um, the, another sequel, Confidential Assignment mm-hmm. Two, with Hyun Bin and Yoo Jin, is, is going to be a Chuseok film. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing else has been scheduled yet. I expect by the end of this week we'll have a clearer picture of what the the, the full Chuseok lineup is at the beginning of September. And uh, the reality is that there are so many completed Korean films that have been held back because of the pandemic um, that um, there, 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 are, there are literally dozens of blockbusters, of big budget, huge budget movies that are waiting in the wings. And, um, you know, kind of the studios are kind of, you know, still kind of uh, playing around with the, the release dates and kind of trying to figure out, you know, when is it safe to release these movies? So um, I think we'll, 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 we'll suddenly see a lot of as films start doing well, we'll see more films being released from this kind of a unreleased pile. And Pierce, the last question that I want to ask you is one that I alluded to earlier. Streaming giants have a much bigger presence at film festivals and award circuits now. Do you see that as an existential threat to the theaters or do you think times are just changing and it's the, the notion is adopt or die? 
the times are certainly changing, and um, it's true that I think the theatrical experience has uh, is going to change. Um, and uh, I mean, I think Top Gun is a really good example because Top Gun looks like it's going to be the biggest film of the year, unless the the Avatar sequel at the end of the year, you know, supersedes it. Mm. Um, and um, that was uh, that was unexpected because you know it's on a Marvel movie or something like that, and people didn't expect such big numbers, one point three billion dollars and counting. But ultimately, I think part of the film's success. Not just that it's great and that it's a super Tom Cruise vehicle. It's because it's really a film that that absolutely benefits from the theatrical experience. It's um, uh, people wanted to watch it in, in IMAX and other uh, so-called PLF um, uh, formats. That's a premium large format. Kind of get the real big experience, but you know, the big sound, the big screen, all the rest of it. And so that's a a film like Top Gun, kind of a has that um, sense that you, you can't really benefit from it completely by seeing it at home, no matter how big your screen is. <laughs> so films, you know, um, this the idea of the event picture is going to get even bigger, I think. But um, other films, it's going to be a little vague about what film should be released in cinema or should be released to a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. And the streaming platforms are, are, are kind of, you know, you know, changing a lot as well. I mean, um, you know, Netflix has had has struggled a bit this year, has had some trouble. Um, and, um, you know, w- w- what will happen in the future? But then you have Apple kind of coming up now and it's it's financing extremely expensive movies. And um, and so, yeah, and, and some of these companies may have a, a format where they, they simultaneously release a little bit in cinemas and uh, at the same time they go on streaming, but mostly it's going to be a streaming model. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yes, definitely interesting times. Uh, a lot of uh, a sea change in the industry mm-hmm. and theaters are not going to go away, but I think it's going to, it's going to be, it is going to be different. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I do think there are certain movies, like you said, that's designed to be watched in a, in a much bigger uh, screen, as you've said, a more immersive experience, the lights darken, the smell of a popcorn. I do think that there is something inherently special about that. But maybe some movies will be reserved for streaming sites. And, you know, you've mentioned that streaming sites have also been struggling, too, with their business models. Now, if they were to introduce ads, for example, just like TV. Mm. Now, that would be a game changer as well. So a lot of moving pieces. I'm so glad that we're seeing some recovery in, in the film sector because, for one, I, I need the theaters. It's, I mean, where would I go on my dates and then how would I spend my weekends? And these are some of the questions answered. Thank you so much, Pierce, for an insightful conversation. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.